Oh, hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. So if there's one product that maybe hasn't been disrupted, I feel like it could be toilet paper. Like, those roles haven't changed much over the years, at least not in my lifetime, and that's where the idea to chat with today's guest came from. Because Fraser is the general manager of Innocent Packaging and Smart Ass Toilet Paper. These guys are making toilet paper and food packaging from plants. It sounds nice and easy, but it's a lot more complicated than it sounds. Turning things like bagasse, which is a waste product from sugar production that would normally just be chucked away into products, this is the ideal win-win solution. It's full circle. Not only does the production of the product cause less harm in the first place, but at the end of their lives, these products can be composted and return back to the earth and be reborn. I especially enjoyed this chat because I think it's a cool way to hear a slightly different career path. Fraser left school early, didn't go to uni and worked his way up into the career he's in now without any formal training. It's also cool to hear a business story from someone other than the founder. Fraser has a huge role in the success of Innocent Packaging and no doubt will give us a slightly different take on things from your traditional founder. See what you think. Let's go. Hi, Fraser. Thank you for joining me for a chat today. You are joining us from your bubble up in Auckland, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Thanks for thanks for having me, Grace. It's, uh, it's nice to talk. Yeah, definitely. And so we will obviously jump into hearing all about many businesses that you're working on. But before that, let's just warm up a little bit with some this or that questions. Are you ready to roll? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, we've got number one for you. I obviously had takeaways on my brain this week, being in level three. So, pizza or fish and chips? Oh, um, I think the Kiwi classic fish and chips every day. Um, pizza, <laughs> we've got this ongoing joke that it's just glorified toast. So, not Ooh. that not that toast is bad, but I think I think I'm going to go with fish and chips. That's a bit rough. I feel for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Pizza's fantastic, and and there's some amazing amazing um places out there that do a good job but um i think i think i'll be a, a sit on the beach with a piece of fish every day all right next up we've got inside or outside very broad oh um well we've been spending a bit of time inside of late so True. i'm starting to um starting to enjoy it but um i think for productivity I've always been more outside. I seem to do my best thinking when I'm out on a walk or or walking on the beach or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, ooh, it's a good question. I'll go, I'll go outside. Yeah, there's many layers to that. It sounds simple, but it's actually quite interesting. <laughs> All right, next we've got, are you a morning person or a night owl? Definitely a morning person. Definitely. I've um, always been an early riser and, and like to like to tick off my to-do list pretty early in the day so I can um, 
and then don't get me wrong the nights are fun as well but i think afternoons have got to be my favorite time of the day oh afternoon yeah three till three till sort of six it's um it's a great time to get stuff done interesting i feel like afternoons are really underrated like no one Mm. really values the afternoon so i like that big fan (laughs) all right and then if you were a superhero flying or invisibility you could you could find so many things out if you're on invisible just be a fly on a wall on on board meetings or walking into areas that you're not that you're not supposed to be but <laughs> um i think i think you've got to be with the classic and fly that'd yeah. be pretty that'd be pretty amazing especially at the moment like imagine how much easier it would be if you could just fly to see your family or on holiday i'm gonna go with flying yeah, I'd agree. I'd back you up. <laughs> and then last up, if you had to choose one, would you go phone or computer? The phone has just changed the world, right? It's that little computer in your pocket. Uh, so I think for ease of use, I think a, a cell phone or the just the smartphone. Um, yeah, I'm going to go cell phone. Nice. So to begin with, I kind of like to pretend for the first half or so of the chat that we're not in the middle of a global pandemic, which would be really nice. Um, Let's look at business as usual for a little bit. So Fraser, you are the general manager of Innocent Packaging and SmartAs. So I think this is going to be really interesting to get a bit of a different perspective on business from your point of view, um, not being Mm -hmm. the founder of the business. But first up, I'd really love to hear a bit about your own personal background, like what you studied, what roles you've had and how and when you ended up being at Innocent Packaging. Yeah, no problem. So I I grew up in Wellington uh, in a lovely little seaside town of Eastbourne or on the beach and very privileged upbringing, which is fantastic. Um, went to school, obviously, but then realized that school probably didn't click for me so much as on an academic. I was, I was smart enough and, and had business acumen and... and um, past exams and all that but I got to sixth form and I thought well geez I can I can actually just go out and start making some money and and doing some things now I don't I don't need to I don't need seventh form and I don't need um uh, to go to uh, university or anything like that um my parents obviously weren't having that though so after (laughs) I was gonna say how did that go down (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it it was interesting now they're very supportive and it's it's fantastic, but yes, yeah, so I left after sixth form. No, it, actually, that's a lie. It's a halfway through the first term of seventh form. Oh, okay. And on the basis of I had to get a job and then look to do something um, positive with my life, I think was my mum's uh, exact sentence. So mm-hmm. I started, I made some calls and I ended up being a electrical apprentice for a hot minute so I was I always walked and worked in cafes and love coffee always have and I fell into the hospitality industry after that but I spent that year when I was 17 running cables for an electrical company and which is now environment house on Kate Shepherd place I think it is in town um and so I was running all the cables in there. So a claim to fame is I've, I installed all the lights on the seventh floor of that building, which is quite funny. But um, but yeah, that was that was kind of just to to make some money and um, and pay to put me through a diploma course at Welltech in Petone. And so I studied hospitality and business management. Um, but kind of like my high school career, I I um I left early and 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 um. 
not for any any fault of any tutors or anything like that I still talk to them quite a lot and and some of them are still some mentors but um, I left I left that course and started working for a coffee company in Petone called and they're still there called Ripe Ripe mm-hmm. Coffee Roasters. I know the one. Um, Jace, very good man. And so at that point, I would have been probably eighteen, still living at home, and just wanted to learn everything about coffee. So it was and Ripe at that stage was 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 small enough that you could get a bit of everything. You know, you'd make you'd you'd answer the phone, you'd take wholesale orders, you'd roast the coffee, you'd pack the coffee, you'd fix machines, you'd deliver it. So yeah, I got a really good understanding. That's where the electrical stuff kind of helped as well, fixing, sure. being technical with um, with machinery. Um, but that sort of opened my eyes to the whole hospitality and, and particularly coffee industry. Um, so I worked there for a few years and then um, me and my partner Joanne, she we moved to Auckland, and that was about ten years ago or nine years ago, um, to a little suburb called Kingsland, um, and we're still there. And we've been it's it's we moved there because it's probably the most Wellington suburb in Auckland. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's got that uh, it's got that sort of Newtown um, coffee culture vibe that um, that everybody loves, and. I started working for another coffee company up here called Atomic Coffee Roasters, and so I was their sort of picker and packer roaster. I was there for a for a number of years, and then met a business partner, Adam, and we we actually left Atomic and started our own cafe, and so we set that up in Mount Roskill, and so we were roasting around coffee and and um, was sort of in the business for for so long that we were like, oh, let's just do it ourselves. Um, great idea. And that's where I met Tony at, from Innocent Packaging. So he had just started um, Innocent. This is back in 2013. And the start of, no, it wasn't the start. It was um, it was the 4th of July was our first day. We had a bit of a joke because it was um, sort of the independence of ourselves going out on our own. And, and we wanted to, throughout the years of hospitality, I've always been very interested in the sustainability aspects of that. Whether it's green bean buying, um, compostable packaging, um, waste, all th- all sorts of parts of the industry that could be improved on, and at the time Tony had just started the company, we were his, I think it was our th- we were third or fourth customer for Innocent, and um, and so we became a good friend. Um, he was he was delivering cups in his in his white suzuki swift and i was probably that really annoying customer that um that we talk about now we love all our customers at at innocent and smart us um but i was probably one of those annoying (laughs) ones that asked that asked for everything you know can you just drop off a sleeve of cups to me tomorrow and and things like that so it's probably why um we're so focused on the customer now is um because I was one, which yeah. was um, which was quite a funny time, and that was um, and gee, so that was that was seven years ago, and then so I had the cafe for a couple of years, and we sold, and moved over moved overseas, did a bit of a stint in Asia, and lived in lived in Kuala Lumpur in in Malaysia, mm, and I was what a, prompted the move over there? That was it was it was a bit of. Um, a change you know we'd always lived in New Zealand and, and wanted to go explore um, a job opportunity came up that was too that was too good not to not to at least try 
and um, it means my lovely wife. She didn't have to work anymore. We got we got put up in a lovely place. Um, I was buying green coffee from all over Indonesia. Did a bit of travelling, which is always what I wanted to do um, in the coffee industry that I never had a chance to. The dream of going to Ethiopia to to, to source coffee never came to fruition, unfortunately. Um, but I had to settle for Ind- Indonesia, which was still an amazing, amazing part of the world. And then while we were there, I just couldn't help but notice the amount of, of single-use packaging that was just, just flooding everywhere. So in KL, it would rain pretty much clockwork at about 2.30 in the afternoon. And every afternoon, there would just be plastic bottles and paper bags and plastic straws and everything you could think of would just be flushed down the road and I'd be walking 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 home from after my roasting shift and I was like this is just there's a better way to do things and that's when I called Tony back from Malaysia it was about it was about three in the morning Malaysia time to to make the time difference here and I was like Tony let's um I want to come back to New Zealand, let's make this happen and and grow this company. And that was four and a half years ago now. So I've, I've been, Tony was keen, I, and um, I came back and and yeah, that was, that was four and a half years ago and I've been running the company, the New Zealand side of the operation for the last two and a bit years now. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know your personal background. So yeah, I just love hearing kind of how, where people started and how they've ended up where they are. And like, I think that really goes to show that, uh, like, because for a lot of us, going to uni is just a given and you kind of don't actually stop and question that for a second. And I love that you did and that it has worked out really well for you, especially as someone who's got five years of a law degree under my belt that I don't currently <laughs> use. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. It's cool to show people that that is an option. And then everything in that journey you've just mentioned just leads itself so nicely to where you are now and all of that experience you build up. Even the electrical cabling experience has all played into it. Yeah, it's really, I like that. It seems really serendipitous. So let's hear a bit about what you actually do at Innocent Packaging at the moment. So you're a general manager, so you run the show, but let's unpack that a little bit for everyone out there. Like what what do you do day to day? Give us a bit of a day in the life. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, so there's a bit of a joke with the with the team that I'm just generally managing everything. So that's the that's the sort of that's the sort of baseline joke. But now we've we've got a pretty we've got a phenomenal team, and we've got um, our head office is in Auckland, and we've got a team of six out of there, and that's everyone from accounts to customer service, and then we've got a, a Wellington based team and a Christchurch base team and we've now got a Dunedin outpost as well with big believers in you don't need to have um, and what's worked really well um, throughout the current situation is zoom meetings and and things like that we try to be as remote we don't need to to we try to limit meetings generally but um, it's we've kind of adapted really nicely to to the current situation but day-to-day with me is is uh, an early start. I like being in the office um, before everyone else. Um, do do some good thinking. Have a couple of espressos. We've got a we've got a um, a little home well a little miniature commercial espresso machine in the in the office, which is which helps. Um, and yeah, it's a part. 
I try to get some emails done. It's generally everything from supply chain, from product. It's um, new product research. It's um, checking in with our, our top customers. I, I used to run and still do run the run the sales team, so I'm still heavily involved in the in the in all of our customers' interactions, whether it's coffee shops or, or big big stadiums or catering companies or whatnot. Um, so I keep in, keep across those. Um, check in with the team. I like to I like to see what see what everyone's up to, um, whether it's our delivery drivers all the way up to. Um, well, anyone, and um, just sort of keep a little finger on the pulse, but try to let everybody do their own thing. But my days sort of in between coffees and and cafe fair. Um, it's just the general sort of just maintaining things and looking for new opportunities. Mm, never, just the general never, managing. Never just yeah, just managing. generally managing. That's kind of that's kind of the joke, but it's um it's probably the, <laughs> it most, the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I always think it's really cool to hear about what people actually do in their role because there's just so many roles out there, especially in business, that exist that people don't even know about or don't know what they involve. So I think the more conversation around what we all actually do at work, the better. <laughs> just shows people what's possible. So that's cool. And so the business was actually founded by Tony Small back in 2013, like we've we've heard about. And I gather that Tony originally had a reusable coffee cup business, but then he, he realized, as I'm sure we can probably all relate to, that we have the best intentions, but you always forget to bring your reusable cup. So maybe you can kind of take it from there a little bit and fill us in on the rest of the story about how and why Tony started the business in the first place. Yeah, totally. So yeah, before Innocent sort of came to life, um, Tony had a company called MoMug and those were those ceramic mugs with the different moustaches on them. You might have, you might remember those with a silicon lid and it was quite successful. You know, we, we, we um, exported to about 45 different countries around the world um, was doing quite well, but then realized that, like you said, reusables are um, super important, and we still believe that reusables have a have a place in the market, particularly coffee. Um, but the main thing he thought at the time was how do we fix the single-use plastic issue? And the main thing with food and beverage packaging is that it's really hard to recycle. So as soon as something's contaminated with with either coffee or food waste, um, it becomes too expensive to separate all those materials out, clean them, and then recycle them efficiently. And so we'll stay with the coffee cup because that's where it started. So an old back in the day, we're talking, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago now, um, a coffee cup, and they still do produce them like this, is made from paper, and then it's lined with a plastic lining. So technically, a plastic and a paper can be recycled. But when they're mixed together and then contaminated with, with coffee, um, that really only has one um, waste stream where it's going to go to, and it's going to be landfill. Whereas a compostable option has it's it's still made with paper, and then it's lined with a bio-based plastic, um, commonly known as PLA, which is polylactic acid, and that's a that's a plastic that is derived from corn sugar or other sugars, other plant-based sugars, but it's commercially compostable. And there's, they are home compostable as well if, it is, if, it's a, if it's an efficient home system, but we label everything commercially compostable just to take any confusion out of it. But in saying that, so yeah, so a coffee cup contaminated with coffee, 
now has a true end of life option which is a commercial compost um, and that is taking away single-use products not not completely because it is still a single-use product but it's just moving it from an option where it was only ever going to go to landfill and now giving it an option where it could be composted the big challenge for us is as suppliers is controlling where it ends up and and that's a that's a big discussion and we could probably talk for hours just on that but um we we are in a challenging space in new zealand with with waste and the whole waste in- industry i believe needs a massive overhaul because it's it's um we're a little bit behind and it means uh packaging companies like like ourselves and and like others that and and more and more are coming into the market now because um, people consumers are demanding that um there needs to be some true end-of-life options, which there are around the place. There are there are commercial facilities that accept compostable packaging, uh, but yeah, we're still a, we're still very early days um, along that journey. But sorry, <laughs> I was going to say yeah, I did. I've always kind of thought that with the compostable packaging spaces, that it's great to actually be compostable, but a lot of people might not realise you do actually have to compost it or you're not going to get any of that benefit. And if it ends up in the landfill, landfills, the environment doesn't allow for it to, to be composted naturally. So it just kind of defeats the whole purpose. So I, I do know a little bit about what you're doing to kind of complete the circle, so to speak, um, which I think is really great. And I've just come across that um, through my work at Six Barrel. But I think that's obviously really important for you or it kind of defeats the purpose of everything you're doing. <laughs> so make, making packaging from plants like that obviously sounds very tidy and quite clear cut, but I'm sure that that is a lot more complicated than it sounds. What goes on actually behind the scenes with you guys to m- actually make or, or develop and then make these products? How does that all actually work? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, very, it is very complicated. We use materials that are sourced from all over the world. So we don't actually manufacture um, anything in New Zealand unfortunately it's been a big it's been a dream of ours since we started to do that but we just don't have the facilities here or the raw materials so we 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 partner with 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 factories and and uh, material providers throughout Asia so we spend a lot of our time in either China or Taiwan um, myself and Tony um, and yeah so we use every sort of material from paperboard that comes from the northern territory of australia pla that comes from a major company in the southern states of america um, sugarcane which is um sugarcane waste product which which is called bagass um, and that's grown locally in in southern china and we and we produce all sorts of products out of that that waste material that bagass is a really cool product that comes from from sugarcane stalks and husk so it is a byproduct of the food industry so the, these products usually would be either incinerated or or um or wasted and we are turning them into into burger clams and plates and things like that so it's literally just a big pulping machine and lots of conveyabouts and pretty amazing pretty amazing factories and um pretty high-tech stuff and um and yeah so we have lots of partnerships up there but it's um yeah it's a complicated process but it's um but our main values have always been if we can make it from plants and make it better and have a true end of life um that's what we're going to do and that's always been 
um, been the, the driving value. Let's talk a little bit about Smart Ass. So this is the toilet mm. paper. Um, so yeah. it's kind of like a separate brand of yours, but it comes underneath the umbrella of everything. And this, I believe you make out of the, the product you mentioned is a bagath, bagath. Yeah, that's right. So that's, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's bamboo waste and sugarcane waste. So it's, yeah, bagass. It's, um, awesome, awesome product. So yeah, Smart Ass is, um, that launched, uh, just over four years ago now. And that was a fun, an interesting business story actually, because, uh, it was mainly for Innocent as our B2B brand. So it's all dealing directly with coffee roasters or catering companies or cafes. Um, whereas we, we had the, the, the idea originally started from a, a customer of ours and he at the time was, was, uh, we were talking about business and, and where to next. And, um, he was actually, he's a, he runs a coffee company in, in Auckland and, and said that the packaging industry is too competitive. You guys should get into toiletries. And we were like, Oh, that's a, that's a bit rich it's coming from a coffee roaster in New Zealand with about more, more competition, um, <laughs> than anything else almost in, in New Zealand. But we, we took the, we took that on board and thought, yeah, actually all of the cafes, we had about a thousand wholesale customers at the time. So we're like, they've probably all got toilets. Um, so they're going to probably buy toilet paper easy. This is going to, this is going to fly. This is going to be the easiest business call we've ever done. Um, it wasn't as simple as that really. <laughs> we, we brought it, we, um, uh, we did that and it, it didn't really work to be, to be completely honest. So we changed tack completely after about six months we tried to we we tried with supermarkets um and retail packs and things like that but we just weren't getting real any traction and and then um after doing a bit of market research and sort of and the times of what was what coming up and how do we add value to people because at the end of the day toilet paper again is is toilet paper it's not really a fun consumer product right so that's why we came up with some really fun designs on the wraps a funny name and then trying to get it to the consumer um conveniently and at a good price point as possible and so people wouldn't have to have to think about it right so we switched from a b2b concept to a b2c concept put it all online on our own website created the supermarket shelf you so to speak um but put it made our own put it online and um and then sold toilet paper via subscription to people's homes and that's and that's kind of where it took off and for the last few years we've um we've expanded that range now so we do we've also got tissues and paper towels made from the same um same byproducts we also um lots of lots of fun ideas in the background and and um we'll we'll be launching those um but but yeah it's um it's really just a fun brand to play with and kind of juxtapose against innocent where innocence not we still we still enjoy ourselves and it's fun and it's not you know the the serious brand but smart ass we can be a little bit more cheeky and um and have a bit more fun with it as well so that's that's kind of how that has yeah you still evolved. see them in uh cafe bathrooms and things and i think i always know i'm like i've got respect for a cafe when i see it in there because i'm like you're really taking <laughs> your customers seriously if you're investing in this cool loo roll i think it it makes it stand out and i always notice it so still still working there too i guess yeah um, definitely and i definitely. think probably across the board one thing with both innocent and smart is that i really appreciate i guess being a marketing manager is that they're not 
nothing's like a traditional eco product. Like you don't have a cheesy mm. green flower leaf on there to symbolize that it's eco. And the design and the brand is very modern and, and like you said, fun and a bit cheeky. And I, th- I love that. I think it means that as a business, we're not just choosing this because it's sustain- sustainable. We actually want to choose it because it looks great and it fits with the brand. We don't have to compromise, you know, at Six Barrel making a beautiful drink and then putting in an ugly cup. Um, so does that kind of, that part of the business come naturally just from Tony's or the team's personal style or has that been really strategic for you as a business? Yeah, it's, a, it's, I'm glad you say that because that is one of, that is absolutely all of our, the whole team, we're very design focused. None of us actually, our team of, um, our team of 16 now with, um, with the UK team, we can talk about that later, but, um, but yeah, the, uh, everyone does not come, none of us come from packaging. You know, we either are designers or hospitality or entrepreneurs or students or sustainably minded people, but we really like products that are, are good and cool and look good. And it's the, the point you make about the, the green leaf on, on a box or anything like that is that we, we don't, products shouldn't be, um, we just want to buy. We just want to produce beautiful, functional, good products, and of course, they're sustainable. Like that's not one of the. Um, we don't need to almost tell people that because it's, it just goes without saying. You do need to remind people of sometimes that, of course, we're making these decisions, and that's why the price is why it is, and and this is why we do things. But design and and aesthetic is one hundred percent why we do what we do because we all like beautiful products. And, um, and sustainability is just an underlying um, value there. Um, you don't, and we realize pretty quickly that like people don't, people might buy a sustainable product once, but if it's not a good product, they won't buy it again. So it needs to be a, it needs to be a good product and of course just be made, made ethically and, and sourced correctly and, and all those other things. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad, um, you see that because it's it's one of our it's one of our driving aspects. Things need to look good and work. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> nice and simple. I like it, and I think like it is for us choosing it. It is both of those things because uh, I think that increasingly so for business, like that kind of sustainability aspect is just not negotiable anymore and it's also like a bit of a PR and brand thing for us. So yeah, they definitely go hand in hand. But it's just fantastic that now there's an option that brings those two things together I guess so in terms of your kind of running of the business and and how everything goes it it can't all be smooth sailing especially now that things are kind of getting a bit quite a lot bigger you know they say like small business small problem big business big problem (laughs) what are the main kind of challenges that you guys face with keeping this all ticking along geez um big question there's multiple yeah there's multiple (laughs) you know no in any any business owner or people who, 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 who work for themselves realize that every issue can be, can come up, you know, whether it's, um, whether it's staff or whether it's a, everything from a, geez, I think yesterday I had a, I had a driver with a flat tire and then I had, um, the tax man talking to us and then someone from a council talking about end of life solutions and then a, a cafe who didn't get the delivery. So we get, uh, it's putting out fires everywhere, but yes. the, the main challenges I think in business are, uh, are just getting your message across 
to your customers in the best way. And we and we spend a lot of time on on social media, um, and that's pretty much where all of our marketing goes. It's all it's all well. I guess it's traditional now, but um, you don't you don't really see us on billboards or, or TV or anything like that. Um, and our main focus has always just been the customer. So whether it's the corner cafe, who um, who didn't get their didn't get their carry trays delivered when they were expecting it, all the way through to the councils, we just want to we treat everybody with with respect and and um, and that's kind of how it doesn't matter how big the challenge is. Then if those values are there, that um, it'll it'll solve it'll work itself out, you know. But um, like anything, right now our biggest challenge is is convincing the public that compostable and sustainable products are the right way to go um, and that can be really hard and because it doesn't it doesn't work in a lot of functionality um, and so we spend a lot of time talking to people and asking how we can get better and what products we can do um, to make their lives easier because at the end of the day they, they make our business um, so that's probably the biggest challenge is um, is is doing stuff as well as we can from a sustainability aspect but also get it to a good price point that can be competitive um which is really challenging because the hospitality industry as a whole has probably has been struggling for a long time now with with profitability and margins um talk big 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 business stuff here but you need to um part of sustainability is 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 making money and being sustainable in that front because if, if you're not financially sustainable you're gonna you're not going to last very long so you're acting, not going to need any cups <laughs> no no that's right because you won't exist but yeah. um but that's that's for us as well so it's it's um as it's almost when you're when you're small like you said small business small problems bigger business bigger problems and as you grow you get to a bit of a tipping point and you just go through those next stages of of manufacturing or or warehousing or um using our own delivery drivers versus couriers or doing our own warehouse versus 3PLs and all sorts of interesting things. But, but um, no, every, every day serves up some new challenges for mm. sure. I like your description of it, putting out fires, I think, because I've run a business myself and it's 100% how it feels that you're just putting out fires all day long. And I think some days that can be, it can really be quite trying on you when you feel like you're just constantly troubleshooting like that. But I mean, I know that's all part of it. And I think another thing you said there about your team, that definitely does come across from a customer perspective. Like I've... I've been working with you guys for a long time through various things and everyone's just always so friendly, so accommodating and cool and like nothing's nothing's a problem. I never get that feeling. So I just thought I'd let you know it definitely comes across oh, at the other end as is, well. That is that's that's great to hear. It's um it's so it's so important and, and that's it doesn't at the end of the day, um that's what that's why people buy certain things right because a coffee cup at the end of the day is a coffee cup it's it's what it's it what comes with that um and and that's where we spend almost all of our time um is is being is wanting to be known for that so that's great to that's great to hear yeah and it's it's not always a given with people that you work with so yeah it's great and so before we kind of wrap up this part of the chat it'd be cool to hear what you guys are planning next like you did briefly slip in there something about a uk team which i'd love to hear about <laughs> um is it more overseas is it adding more products what what's coming next 
Yeah, so we we actually a year ago now it was it was um it was in April last year. Um, Tony up up shipped um, up stick sorry and 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 moved to the UK and we set up our set up our operation up there. Um, there's a certain uh, juice company named Innocent, so they don't. Um, we couldn't use the same name, unfortunately, in the UK. But we're, right. we're, yeah. we're we're decent packaging in the UK. Um, same team, same brand, um, same. If you look at like, yeah, it's obviously different websites because the name is different, but um, it's it's the same company. So we've got we've got a team of team of five people up in based in London, and um, and we very similar operation to here. So one. So yeah, so that's so we're in the in New Zealand and the in the UK. We've got customers all over the world. We supply some coffee roasters um, in Canada and throughout the islands, and and uh, do some work up in in Europe as well. So uh, mainly Norway and the, the Scandinavian countries, which are which are leading the world in, in waste management, of, um, which is really exciting. But the main reason the main reason to move to the UK was our business model has been very different. To our competitors so we we tend to go direct to consumer so when you're buying um product you buy it you buy innocent packaging from innocent packaging um you don't buy it through a through a third-party distributor so instead of using distributors in in the uk europe um we wanted to set it up ourselves now that is there's, there's there's pros and cons for both obviously um it's a lot more effort and a lot more expensive to do it yourself um but we can still control the brand, and and that's really that's all we have in business, right? Is our brands. Um, so yeah, we set up the UK a year ago. Um, How's it going over there? Yeah, we we were going really really well. It's um it we were having a we had a really strong presence. We we were sponsoring the London Coffee Festival. We launched the 2019 London Coffee Festival. Obviously, this year's one. Um, it ended up getting cancelled, which was which is a shame, and it, it kind of halted progress. But um, we were we were steadily growing and, and working with some really like-minded um, businesses up there, and starting to do a little bit more throughout Europe as well, which is which is great. But um, home is the core home of the brand is, is New Zealand, and um, HQ will always will always be here. I don't say always because that that things can change, but um, but yeah, we've, um, we're, we're planning on, obviously right now, it's been a big shakeup in the industry and, and we're in a bit of a, like everybody, it's a, it's a taking stock kind of phase and how, and how do we best pivot to be in the best position to come out swinging when, when as, as we drop down the levels and, and COVID sort of gets under control. But um, so that's put a bit of a, bit of a halt on things internationally um but yeah we've always got stuff on the boil whether it's whether it's new products or um new territories to to get into but yeah lots of always looking for the next thing kind of segues us quite nicely thank you into this kind of talking about the here and now so back into level three of the lockdown and i'd be really interested to hear about i guess firstly like what was that level four period like for you guys when everything was shut presumably all your accounts were shut did everything kind yeah. of ground to a halt a little bit yeah it was pretty um it was pretty frightening actually um there was some not a lot of sleep was had for those first first weeks um 
geez, when when it went just before it went into level full lockdown, we actually had a big surge in um, in sales, and you know, as people would high high dining restaurants were looking to doing takeaways and there was about a week there that was wow this this is this could be quite good and then level four came along and it was it was went from you know 100 to zero pretty much so um 90 percent of our business disappeared overnight probably 90 to 95 percent which is pretty which is pretty frightening when you've got um outgoings right and that's the that's the big challenge so over the last month, it's been um, been hard to say the least. Is probably the best way to put it. But we've been lucky that we are um, we have been providing we are an essential service, and we've been provi- providing packaging to other essential services, whether it's DHBs or or um, or people helping um, essential services. Uh, plus, um, having smart ass has been a real lifesaver to keep some sort of. Um, income ticking over it's um it's never it's it's not enough to support the whole company but it is something and it's it's kept our team occupied um we've kept our whole team on and and everyone's doing reduced time Mm. but um everyone's working from home obviously yeah that's right everyone's working in their own bubbles and and getting stuff done and and now that we're in that we're in level three in new zealand um it's starting to start to pick up again, which is which is exciting. And I guess everyone's now doing takeaways, so that kind of works <laughs> out quite well for you guys. I get. Have you seen a bit of a boost in the last week or so? Definitely, definitely a bit of a boost. It's definitely nowhere near where it was pre pre lockdown. Um, but the really the really cool thing is seeing different um, customers and industries pivoting and doing cool things for example like i said fine dining earlier but you never used to get a a take-home experience from a fine dining restaurant um and a lot of people are are moving to that um i guess the big challenge is is that we'll see now is with with people being with tighter pockets potentially um what packaging they go for and i'd just i'd just hate to see you'd and i guess that's why um our customer base is very is very vast and um people people care about the the products they're putting their beautiful food into um so we're we're in a good position there but it's um it's definitely going to be a challenging time for the industry and um and it'll be interesting to see how more things open as we drop down the levels and um because there's still a lot of industry that is that is shut under level three but um the ones that are back open um, there definitely has been a surge. So yeah, it is it is it is positive science. All a little bit of just watch this space, like no one really knows at the moment. It's quite unusual. Um, and I guess being in the hospitality industry, you've kind of touched on, but things are going to whichever way it goes, things are going to look different uh, in the future. So has that meant you've had to do some big like strategic changes for the business, or are you just going to wait and see at the moment? Those are always underline every decision we make it's um you've got to think of of you know potential scenario x y and z and how and how you move depending on how things change um yeah the world is definitely going to be different and for the next little while um geez it's not going to be business as usual things people are going to close down there will be businesses that don't make it and and people will be struggling for a while but 
in saying that there's always when in crisis there's opportunity so um it's just it's just how we how we tack to, to find that and um and position ourselves in the best way we can um and yeah so it's we're, we're cautiously optimistic about where things will go and and it's a it's a better time than any to because we shouldn't go back to how things were things weren't working things might have been good um but there was a lot of aspects particularly in sustainability that weren't working you know so this is a great opportunity to for for the hospitality industry to really sort of take stock and 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 do things better when we come out of this like not return to the normal and let's make this the the new normal that's definitely come up a little bit as being a bit of a silver lining i guess of this time even though it's obviously really devastating is still that potentially it gives everyone just a bit of a break and a pause to rethink things and maybe a bit of headspace not not guaranteed but it's a yeah people kind of looking at the way they're living or the way they're running businesses and it just kind of jolts them out of their um, habits maybe that they weren't thinking yeah. about yeah it's, it's a shame we needed a global pandemic to do that but it's um yeah. it's uh it is um there are some silver linings for sure absolutely and so i always like to ask how we can help support business as part of all of this and i guess it's a little bit different with you guys because you are mostly b2b so everyday people can't be ordering their cups from you but can you is there anything that that we can do i guess especially in the smart space we can be jumping on and making an order anything else to think of yeah definitely smart ass is one of those things that we we always um always love to push and we just launched a new um it's quite good for lockdown actually with the kids we launched a new a new games range series um a couple of weeks ago which is um which is which is flying off flying all across the country now which is really really cool we all need entertainment even when we're on the toilet (laughs) yeah definitely so um so yeah go buy go buy some smart ass absolutely but um i think the main thing is is just to support um the hospitality businesses that are making good decisions when it comes to um not only packaging but local suppliers and um and using local produce and and looking after their staff and and just really supporting the people doing good and not and geez every every dollar you spend is is a vote right for the world you want to live in so spend your money maybe even if it's spending less money but spend it more considerately and um and think about your thinking thinking about those purchases more I think is probably the best thing um, that I could ask for Hmm. I think that's definitely a theme of all of all this is that people are kind of looking to local at the moment and there's been a big surge in in the awareness around local business and everything so that's another kind of silver lining I guess and another thing people can do is probably just asking the questions of their local cafes like you know, and there's, what cups are you using? What packaging are you using? Why isn't this compostable? That, that must help a little bit too, I guess, just to prompt that question. Absolutely. And that's been a major factor for how how we've grown and how the industry will grow. Um, and that's what and that's how you get the commercial f- facilities and pickups in every town. You know, it's because there's a demand for it. Um, and if consumers are demanding it, that'll, um, it'll happen like anything but yeah it's it's a very good point 
All right. Well, thank you so much for that. That has been so interesting to hear about your own personal journey and and everything that you guys are doing at, at Innocent Packaging. I really do think it's fantastic. So thanks for sharing that all with us. And before we wrap up, do you, can you share with us a bit of a piece of advice or a tip, um, maybe business, life, whatever you feel like, just take us out on a bit of a high note? Oof, it's, um, it's a <laughs> big one. Um, yeah, some, I still think back. I, I got some advice when I was... Um, I think I must have been about 12 years old and um, it's, I, I still, it still rings true now is, is um, listen, to, listen to everyone's opinion and thoughts and so don't, so I guess it's just take, take, take heed of what you're thinking about and, and listen to everybody but then um, but at the end of the day you've got to trust your gut and, and if, you've, if, if you've got a good feeling about something it's probably right. So um, just go for it really i think that's the main thing perfect i like that and i think that ties quite in quite well with your journey as well because definitely some of the things that you've done wouldn't have been the easiest option and you probably had a lot of advice to the contrary but you've ended up where you are so that's awesome (laughs) cool all right i'll let you get back to no doubt a long to-do list but thank you for joining us i really appreciate that and i will be keeping an eye on what you guys are doing next pleasure thanks grace lovely talking to you all right take care bye Cheers. Oh, I just think that was so much to learn there from Fraser and the awesome Innocent Packaging team. I especially love their approach to customer love and also their focus on good design as well as function. Things need to look good and work. Simple. Not to mention all of the good tips there about moving forward from this COVID crisis and not going back to our old bad habits. Fraser's story, I think, just really goes to show that you don't need to know where you're going to end up. Just go with what feels right, trust your gut, and trust you're going to end up somewhere great. Thank you to you for dipping into this chat with me today. I hope you enjoyed this fresh take on business from a general manager for a change. Make sure that you hit subscribe so that you will get a fresh pep talk every week. And of course, join me on this journey on Instagram at peptalknz. See you there. Until next time. Bye.